everybody, welcome to the 41st episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And before we get started here, I just want to remind everybody, please leave us some love, leave us five stars, leave us a review. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at mathcoreindex at gmail.com. Uh, so shoot us a line, and maybe we'll read your question on the air, so to speak. When you're on iTunes, why don't you give us five stars while you're at it? Please. Yeah. Uh, and uh, while you're at it, follow us on Spotify. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Bandcamp, and YouTube, where all 11 videos from MathCore Index Fest 2019 are now live. Um, and this podcast is listener-supported and brought to you by our Patreon supporters. We have a ton of video content up for early access right now on Patreon. So if you like what we do and you want to become a supporter, you can become a member for as little as a dollar a month and gain exclusive benefits like video polling, early access to video content, Patreon-exclusive podcasts. We actually just did an anime cast, two episodes, actually, of anime cast where we get drunk and watch Neon Genesis Evangelion, for example. Christian watched it. I learned. <laughs> Um, so you can you can hear us make fools of ourselves uh, there, and um, much much more. So we want to thank our Patreons so much for this uh, for their support. They actually help determine some of the bands that we discuss each episode, and actually the majority of the selections on this episode were picked by them over the past few polls. So we're catching up. Our choices are a little like delayed, like listening to the music, but I yeah. do like that. It's like. I, I, I like that it's just not us us two. It's like other people deciding it as yeah, well now. So absolutely. We'll, yeah. We want to know your opinion. Um, so again. Talk to I, us. I almost get to judge you guys in the Patreon for the band that you want and that wins the poll. I'm like, oh, is this what you motherfuckers want us to listen to? Is this what it is? Like, no, they're definitely kind of selecting like more proggy things the last few episodes. It's funny yeah, you say that. Yeah, it's interesting. So anyway, uh, we want to thank our Patreon supporters at this time. So thanks so much to Jeff, Otis, Kevin, Phil, Eric, Anthony, Jasper, Mike, Senza, Kent, Jesse, Eli, Jamie, Sam, Andrew, Grady, Matt, David, Carter, Jacob, Chris, Andrew, Daniel, Christian, Dimitri, Pete of Geister Farm, my man Nate York, uh, Nate York, rather, Eric, Jesse, Rory, Jeremiah, who suggested that we do this anime podcast that you hear now on Patreon. Chris, Tim, Caleb, Adolfo, Andy, and Bebop, whoever that might be. And our newest supporter, Jake Bannon. We really appreciate your support, Jake Bannon. <laughs> thanks, Jake. <laughs> thanks, Jables. Uh, so, yeah, so thanks so much to you guys. We love you and appreciate your support very much. So, without further ado, uh, the first band that we are going to talk about is Designs. Designs are a four-piece hardcore mathcore band from Austin, Texas, featuring Daniel Maldonado, formerly the vocalist of Thumbscrew. <clears throat> Fire. Really fucking good band. Uh, Thumbscrew didn't really release too much material. To I would memory. like to say an EP and maybe a little bit more, but really what you're going to find is just the one, one dominant EP. like five to six track EP thing that they have. Yeah, it's five tracks. That yep. fucking EP banged, though. Slams. It's like that, uh, it's, um... In, in the early days of all the, you know, uh, the, the blending of, like, deathcore and all that kind of stuff, this was, like, more of, like, uh, the, the Norma Jean-style grindy kind of stuff going on. Um, just a lot of, uh, what was it? Not knife, but ninth chords, right, Christian? Is that what it is? Yes. yes. Yeah, well, seven, seventh, ninth, you know, they're, they're all very prevalent in this kind of music. But Thumbscrew was great, man. They even did a, like... They were like did a music video early on too. They were kind of involved there with that whole uh, that five or six tracks that they had. Um, anyways, uh, we love Thumbscrew. So yes, yes we do. Thumbscrew yep. fucking bangs, and you should go back and listen to that for some perspective. Uh, what I really like about uh, designs, though, I the the vocal. I mean, obviously, it's a uh, you know it's a lot everybody's getting older so your vocal uh, style changes but this is completely different i can't tell it's the same vocalist you know i kind of can really but, um yeah i think it's you can definitely hear it's still the same dude but you know they've been designs have already been at it for like fucking 10 years they've now been too. very busy but i would like to say let that me just quickly uh, oh, that on yeah. that note um so they've done they've been around since 2010 they've released two eps in 2012 a split in 2013 an ep in 2015 
and their debut full length in 2016, which for some reason I didn't even fucking know existed until yesterday. So, uh, I found it a week ago. I didn't know that they had a full-length album. I feel so foolish. But, so, for comparing full-lengths from, you know, the, that, that release to this release, man, it is completely different sounding. Like, uh, like a, I... I'm embarrassed to say that I can't agree with you in all certainty because I didn't spend enough time on the back catalog. I just didn't, wasn't aware there was so much. During, when we, when we jam this one, we'll have to compare to another track. We'll take a second, but it's, um... It's a different vocalist from what it sounds like on those older releases, ex- but I'm, I'm not certain about that. That was either. my next point. I honestly don't know. If you guys could, like, get back to us and let us know, um, it seems that you do have separate band members from that release, or maybe you just fucking just clean the fucking kitchen cabinet and just like started fresh and just because it's um a lot stronger a lot more i'm gonna say in the nicest way uh just very very botch and converge style like narrows you know i would definitely um, this, agree with the latter and uh, converge yeah. point for sure they, they they play it's like metalcore that occasionally broaches mathcore territory although probably less than thumbscrew yeah um, whereas thumbscrew was more like angular and like groove oriented i would say designs are a bit more straightforward and like punk leaning oh very punk leaning absolutely um they tend to focus like more on like the fast D-beat type sequences and less like dissonant and breakdown type passages. So if you're expecting thumbscrew, you might be disappointed, but this is great for other reasons and it's definitely still enjoyable. Obviously, the production is better on this release than the 2016 that release. Too. That's, so that's even definitely noticeable. That is like a, a, a thing. But um, anyways, designs just get back to us. If you if you switch anybody up, just let us know because who you are now is wonderful. Yeah, this EP delivers some really nice flavors throughout. Um, the first track, Crooked Teeth, is a bit more, is like an aggressive kind of D-beat number with a few twists, and it's almost like channeling nails, but I think track two, Dead Husk, is where the EP really starts to hit stride. It's like, that really recalls Converge and Botch for me. The that, ang- cro- that Crooked Teeth track, I disagree. The Crooked track with that, that Crooked Teeth, Crooked Teeth. Yeah, I, I mean, even that is just very Converge. Like, yeah, the, okay, it's, it's that's not, true. That's it's not chanty, right. but it is in a way, you know, just that over and over. Converge and Nails is yeah. kind of, that's, that's, a good, that's a good point for sure. Um, and then they, they throw in the whammy pedal as well, kind of like bringing in that newer sound, all of vein and mouth breather. So something old and something new here. Um, it's a good combination of sounds. Designs, question to you. Um, on Bandcamp, you have lyrics for only one track. Why? Get back I don't have this. the samples queued up right now. Otherwise, I, was, I would fucking bust your ass. I'm going to be <laughs> mentioning this quite a few times, so you can pull it up later. Um, but anyways, Designs, if you want to get back to us, it's just I find it fun. I, not, I find it interesting. You just got track, like the, the lyrics for one track. That's it. Just like, that's all you get. Really? Which track has the lyrics? I don't know. One of them fucking pulled Must it up. Must be like the first single. They probably just haven't gotten around to No, it's to not it. Crooked Teeth. It's like track two or three. Um, hmm. Well, they've, they've premiered a couple singles, so. Yeah. You can get back to me on that. Um, you can get back to us on that. <laughs> <laughs> I meant you, Levi Sebastian. Us, me, you. Okay. Um, oh. Yeah, so uh, what are some of the tracks that I liked? I, I really liked the... Um, well, the fucking the, the title track was really great. That's where I really heard some of that Converge influence. You know, it's got that singy, like, it's kind of like a B-side melodic banger. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, my expectation... Ah, sorry. Uh, track six, Bolter. You give me lyrics on only Bolter. Hmm. That's interesting. Yep. Um, anyway, oh. my... my <laughs> oh, you sons of bitches. Christian, I just opened it. All it says is words. Look at... <laughs> Well done, designs. <laughs> you you got him. You've just been epically trolled by designs. That was zing there. Darn. Um, so if you're done ranting and raving about fucking lyrics now, okay. uh, yep. So I was just gonna say that yeah, that that title track ceremony is uh, just kind of unexpected. You know, my expectations for singing 
for metalcore type bands are always extremely low, but I think that it's delivered very nicely on this track, and it's like actually like slow and melodic, kind of moody, and I'm willing to write it out. Well said. Well said. Um, I also think that Hungry Tombs is a great cut. It has that super catchy Irwig Ostinato introduction, which is developed so nicely uh, into like what's the EP's like most like anthemic like hardcore moment. Like there's a, basically like a gang chant that, in that track. Yep, uh, Crooked Teeth would be my favorite. I know it's not yours, and but I, I feel like it is a great starter to the album. Um, yeah, I don't really. That's not my it? favorite what, what, track. Yeah. I just don't like it. I think it's just maybe the fact that the the chorus is also the the the, the name of the song. It's like when you know they say the title of the movie in the movie. I think know? it's um, it's a bit overemphasized, perhaps, but whatever. It's still yep, it's yep. still a good track. It's yep. not my favorite cut on the album. I also liked track five, uh, "Hungry." Just getting back to what I did like, "Hungry Tombs," uh, great cut. Um, and "Bolter," as you were saying, that kind of reminded me of "Curl Up and Die." That that introduction. Um, who's fucking calling me? Potential spam of all fucking things. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, but I think "Dead Husk" is the track that we should give them. It's both my favorite track and the track that I think that we should play on the podcast. So Christian basically said he likes all six tracks. Uh, <laughs> just you know, chose one. no, I actually I didn't really like the third track "Zealot" that much either. I thought it was just well, not I didn't think it was bad. It's just like really straightforward. You know, it just mm. didn't really it just didn't grab me at all. Respect. Um, so let's go ahead and give him uh, "Dead Husk" then. Dead Husk, boom. All right, so we're going to listen to Dead Husk, which is track two from Design's new album, Ceremony, and that came out on, and just so you know, it's Design's uh, without the vowels, D-S-N-G-S, and that came out on January 10th of 2020. Here we go. Hey! 
Alright, so that was Dead Husk by Designs, and that's track two from their new EP, Ceremony, which came out on January 10th. So next, we're going to talk about Yellfire. Yellfire, that's Y-E-L-L-F-I-R-E, are a four-piece mathcore band from Seattle. They started back in 2018, releasing their first single later that year, and their debut EP, Lara Flynn Boyle, back in October. Uh, obviously, we're going back a few months on this one, but mm-hmm. it was just—it's something that just had to be discussed here. Kind of slipped our attention when it, it's uh, a solid release, out. man. Yeah, I got to credit uh, Taylor from Steak Sauce Mustache for plugging this band. Basically, those boys know exactly what the fuck is good up there, and they always plug the good bands. Uh, and furthermore, these guys are Seattle, right? This band is from Seattle, Yellfire, yep. yes. Um, and just wow, <laughs> so many shades of botch here. Um, I, I just had to make that comparison right out the gate because... In a good way. Absolutely. I mean, the riffs just scream botch. Uh, the vocalist sounds exactly like Dave uh, Varelin. And there are so many times when I just, I feel like I'm listening to a cut-off American Nervoso, um, which is actually my, my personal favorite botch album. And uh, yeah, they just have a really great grasp on what it takes to build up a part effectively, which is something that botch really mastered. Uh, and all their acolytes, excuse me, all their acolytes excel at. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just they really are bringing that like Pacific Northwest like legacy of just being a fucking sick mathcore band with good buildups. Uh, I'm not sure if VL Fire knows about this, but on um, if you look you if you look up on Spotify right now, uh, it shows that your new EP was released in 2009. So you boys, that's so funny. Me. I saw that too. Yeah, that, that's you, totally a typo. And I'm I sure. will be honest, it, it's a typo, but I will be honest with you, it truly confused me so much that I, I don't know, I was I was the one reviewing, and I was like, wait, is this even? I don't know. And I went to Bandcamp, I'm like, oh, like I don't know, I would change that. But uh, yeah, um, this is some really fucking solid heavy hardcore in that botch vein um i literally have the same notes as you um it was really hard to pick out a track because each one basically starts and ends just fucking with fury um i would say the favorite track of mine would be uh we're not saints what's your what's your favorite absolutely track? that's definitely i pretty much enjoyed every track oh it grabbed me by the boo-boo man this one i definitely listened to uh, like the most possibly out of uh this uh episode yeah i mean as i said i pretty much enjoy every track but um yeah, it's a fun little EP, just tons of killer groove. By the way, I want to say this again. We've talked about this before, but I fucking <laughs> love five to six track. Like, not albums, but EPs. Or it kind of Levi doesn't words. have time for a full length. Christian does, though. It's just, it's just. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking about just digestible. Like, in, You like, I, yeah, you like the Dude, if I got five or six tracks just ripping me a new one, love it. I don't need fucking 12 tracks. Well, that's why you're a fan of stuff like Grindcore. Yeah, you are too, though. Of course, I'm not. I'm not yeah. debating that. I but I enjoy everything, though. I mean, most everything except for fucking honky tonk country. But <laughs> oh, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just the one thing I've, I've I can't seem to really let into my heart. Um, that, I guess house music. I'm not really into house music either. So with Yellfire, um, even though now that we're done talking about, yeah, uh, I I would say that. Uh, I picked one track, but I would go with Christian. Um, every everything is just fucking solid. So boys, just keep it up. Hopefully, um, we see more. Yeah, I mean, we're not saints. Just has this rolling, driving introduction that just kind of like slowly starts to fall apart. And I know, I know you love that kind of trait. Yeah, yeah. As the song starts to progress and um, and deteriorate as well. Yeah, yeah. And that that part that they keep hinting at is finally like developed and then repeated while the drums do some subtle vari- excuse me variation underneath and just. Mm. 
the the the, the botch of it all. <laughs> the sauce that comes at the end is mwah, it's just yeah. it's just fucking yeah. It really hits me in the right spot. And the the band does a little bit uh, of experimentation on this release. There's some melody with the title track um, going into that kind of converge esque melodic banger that we were describing earlier. Uh, the the you know the band's influences are just so in, implicit and inex- excuse me inescapable in everything that we talk about converge that is so. One of these days, we're going to do a more in-depth discussion about them um, and them alone in a new segment we're working on right now. Yep, still working out the kinks there. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna bring a probably an entirely separate podcast uh, in which we like kind of dive in in great detail about like seminal bands from the genre. Um, so anyway, uh, I also liked a lack of interesting features, which also sees them exploring some more restrained and melodic territory, really slowing it down for the track's conclusion. Um, I liked No Face, No Smile track four, which has a, that, that fucking groove, man. Irresistible guitar parts. You know, they're kind of like sliding to that one note, and I'm a sucker for that kind of vernacular. Yeah. Um, and yeah, if you're a fan of Botch, Curl Up and Die, Converge, and Coalesce, you know, that just that late 90s sound, this band's really going to fucking scratch that itch. So um, we're going to go ahead and give you We're Not Saints, which is track one from Hellfire, excuse me, Hellfire's new EP, Lara Flynn Boyle, and that came out on October 16th. Here we go.
All right, so that was We're Not Saints. Uh, that's from Yellfire's new EP, Lara Flynn Boyle, which came out back in October of last year. So next, we're going to talk about Petrify. Mm-hmm. Petrify are a four-piece mathcore band from Alberta, Canada. They were formed back in 2013, releasing their debut full-length in 2015, and now they've returned with a new EP, albeit a substantial one, uh, Death Throws. Petrify play uh, metallic hardcore and mathcore with plenty of attitude, and they have come a long way since that 2015 release. Cool, big. Did you go back and listen to that? I did. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it was, I was, yeah, we just nodded at each other. Mm. Yeah, like it's no, I mean, it, not, like no offense or anything, but it was definitely, um, it was much rougher. Like this new product is like way more polished. They've come a long fucking way. Like there's a notable improvement in the musicianship and production value. I mean, obviously, production's always gonna be like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. but yeah. Uh, also, just yeah, in the, yeah, just like they they play their instruments better on this release. Yeah, the, the songwriting is like more fleshed out and like intense um, and purposeful. Um. Excuse me. Um, yeah, I remember seeing that their first album, the, the cover about on Bandcamp when it came out, and although it wasn't bad, it was just like that. The second track really is what grabbed me. Like back to that full length that they released. That was the only track that like really, really grabbed my attention. And yeah, I just for some reason it kept slipping past my attention. Um, but yeah, they really stepped it up with this new material. And right away, as I was just saying, the uh, the production and musicianship improvement is immediately noticeable. There's like a bit of <laughs> My English muffin is done. Um, there's also a you know, like there's like a, a notable note of like maturation on this record. Basically, they they started off with with tracks that are like really exciting material, but then they like kind of slow it down and start leaning into like the most like the more post hardcore elements towards the conclusion. If that makes sense. Yep. I'm not sure if you noticed that, but they really kind of like like the the tracks start off like hard, and then they kind of. And soft, you know. I noticed that. Uh, I'm not a fan of that as much, but you know. Yeah, I mean, at, at times I enjoy it, but uh, I think what I, I enjoyed about it is that it was kind of recalling Under Oath for me, Under Oath and Norma Jean. If if I look at it in that kind of like context, then I I'm able to like enjoy it a lot more. Under Oath always started heavy and ended light. I know that's exactly what I'm saying. Um, but there is some like a really like purely mathcore material on this release, like very aggressive. As I was saying. Uh, track two the helena marie tapes that has some like stuttering staccato morse code attack that we all love um, that that's my favorite track yeah and it still manages to squeeze in that melodic chorus with those guest vocals really channeling dillinger escape plan on that track actually um and with the uh, the vocalist kind of hitting you know hinting at buckleyisms here and there i feel like they listen to a lot of dillinger every time i die in norma jean which is okay absolutely Got anything else you want to add? That's it, man. All Fucking right. Let's play this shit. Let's do it. Um, so I guess we're, we're going to go ahead and give them the Helena Marie tapes. Track right. two. Track three. Track three. Hey, <laughs> track three, everyone. Don't pretend like you know if you don't know. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> and that came out on, uh, that's from the new EP, Death Throws. Came out back in November. Here we go. In your own faction, when I 
Alright, so that was the Helena Marie Tapes, which is track three from Yellfire's new EP, Death Throws, which came out November 8th. So next we're going to talk about Shake the Baby Till the Love Comes Out. Awesome name. Shake the Baby Till the Love Comes Out are a math rock no-wave duo from Brooklyn. They started back in 2017, releasing a sizable debut EP in 2018, and now they're back with another sizable EP, Growth and Healing Through Bringing Others Down. That title is such a mood. Um, it's good. Good Once again, good title. So Shake the Baby Till the Love Comes Out play a blend of uh, dissonance and chaotic math rock that I would describe also as No Wave. Um, I feel like No Wave has made such a comeback in recent years with bands like Daughters and Swans, uh, and in previous years, bands like Airborne, Radar, Yowie, um, the Flying Lutenbachers, that kind of stuff. Wow. I um, So, I mean, I'm your friend, and we listen to extreme music all the time and forever um i am unfamiliar with no wave as far as a genre title you know it's so fun. i'm glad that we're having this conversation right now because it's kind of a bit confusing like it's associated with new wave like from the 80s um that's why when i envision it i'm like so you're not joy division well so imagine like newer daughters i'm not sure if you listen to swans but that kind of exemplifies like one I don't version one type of no wave is man it's so hard to describe it's almost other, like other than, it's other, almost like anti music anti music is like the best way that i could describe it i was this just going to say i'm like other than like telling me it sounds like or it sounds like what 
if you were to like explain it to like a random person or, or just your girlfriend, it's like, what is no wave? Uh, well, in the, the daughter's example, it's like pulsing almost electronic industrial noise that, you know, is somehow you can pick out a musicality from it. You can pick out just from like the, the, the noise. That's why it's so closely related to noise rock. Um, so but there's that, so there's there's that form that is like that. But then there's also the form that is like very like noodly that I would compare more to Arabon Radar. That's like the first example I can think of of something that's like they kind of have that vibe too. Shake the baby has that Arabon Radar vibe. I mean, exactly. not the vocals, but I mean, like they definitely have that all over. Well, they're more of an instrumental duo, which is yeah. why. So that's basically what no no wave is. It's like it's like a an adverse reaction to punk rock and melody. They just you know, it's like almost like anti-melody. You know, there's very little like. It seems like it's more of an art piece to me. In that kind of way, or, yeah, it or, is. Or it's an more, expression. Well, like it's I, more avant-garde. So if yeah. if you mean that, then yeah, absolutely. Like it's basically everything about this music is super funky and off kilter. It's not like you're usually like twinkly Midwest emo injected math rock to which most people are accustomed, and nor is it the super technical two-handed tappy math rock that's seeing a serious surge in popularity right now. This is again anti-music as they deliberately seem to avoid anything that resembles an orthodox melodic line. You know, it's, it's quite a challenging listen, actually. I feel like a pretentious piece of shit if I say that I like this, because obviously I don't understand what's going on here. I don't like, so hear me out here. Levi um, does I, not I, like this. Apparently I have a lot to say about this. Um, <laughs> So this whole just all over the place anti-music, and I would describe this as anti-music too, because like when I I, I kind of looked into No Wave and I was like, okay, just it's everything that like if I was to show, it's intent on not not delivering the expected melodic line. Like, if I was to show somebody that is not aware of extreme music and any, it would just they would ask me within thirty seconds what the fuck is going on. You know, um, there's no there's. Um, yeah, it's not predictable. You know, they don't. There's no. There's no. Yeah. There's no time there's no signature. Like, at it's, all. yeah. So, what bugs me about this uh, is, um, with the, um, I'm trying to talk about the equation of this band, like just like what this is. Um, it's not my thing, first of all, because of not the vocals. There's no vocals. It doesn't impress me. I'm just. It's just. It's instrumental, and we do go back and forth with instrumental things on the podcast. We try to avoid them sometimes, but then I mean, if it's good, it's good. Well, this is, there was that time period though, when there was just so many fucking Chan knockoffs floating yeah. about. You know, other than other than YouTube being a two piece and it being convenient on touring slash playing shows, the two piece is. I mean, it's not going to really. I mean, it already kind of like. It turns me off a little bit, and I. But I, you usually I, love two pieces. I am so as soon as I hear <laughs> as soon as I hear a project, um, my brain goes to wow, what would they look like slash sound like live? Uh, also slash, are they able to? You know what I think it is a real thing. I think that this really just is hitting those more what people would describe as a no wave and noise rock elements that are not tickling you because there's nothing. All reoccurring right. and identifiably catchy about it. There, it's, there, there is the. It's ultimately the same guitar tone through this whole release. It is the same track. Every track is the same technically. Uh, to listen to this, yes, but to see it live, I mean, I would, I would be first of all one of the five people in the room, and I might drop my beer because I might fall asleep <laughs> listening to this. Um, yeah, listen. So, so wait, hey, here, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, <laughs> 
Wow, that lyrics, was, on, lyrics four on tra- holdups, ladies and gentlemen. Four holdups. <laughs> Lyri- lyrics on lyrics on track three. Just like uh, the the first band we were talking about, there are no lyrics. It just says "wow" and "uh," <laughs> so it's like cool. All in all, it just sounds like it's just a. I mean, I don't know, man. I'm not so going to say anymore. My, here's say my, anymore. <laughs> my 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 counter argument. I like this because it's not. Again, this this kind of music is pretty much intent on not delivering what you're expecting and. It works instead to throw you off, and it forces you to sh- to shed any like preconceived notions you might have, like putting you at the whim of the artist. And that is something I love about chaotic music in general. You know, you are forced to become the composer, at least to step into their mind and try to adopt their thinking and their idiosyncrasies. You know, as anticipating the next move is like almost impossible otherwise. So, <sighs> I-, I like it for that reason. They really take you along for the fucking ride, and there's no predictability, so you're uncomfortable, but. Um, once you sort of like learning what their idiosyncrasies are, then you can kind of get a feel for the music. I, I think maybe it's just that your palate is not developed for this kind of music. Shake the baby till the love comes out. Two persons, big band, often on tour. So you play live According shows. Their band camp. So you show. So you so you you do play live shows. Um, They've fuck, got man. some sick live sessions. Anyway, I think this is good. Um, it's definitely it's it's anti music though. Period. And since I know you don't like it, I'm going to go ahead and pick a track, which is uh, The Only Good Cop, presumably a dead one, <laughs> which is uh, track two from Growth and Healing Through Bringing Others Down. Now, that's a great title, though. That is a great title. Uh, a mood unto itself. And that came out on November 29th of 2019. And just a quick FFO, if you like Yowie, early um, Hella, uh, early Terramelos, Horse Torso especially, Doom Shrugs, jitters you know just to give you a few newer comparisons this is going to be right up your fucking alley Ugh. all right here we go
All right, so that was The Only Good Cop, which is track two from Shake the Baby Till the Love Comes Out, new full length, or EP, that is, uh, Growth and Healing Through Bringing Others Down, which came out back in November. So next, we're going to talk about El Drugstore. El Drugstore are an instrumental progressive metal trio from New Jersey. The band started back in 2010, releasing their debut full length in 2011, and a second full length in 2013, uh, before going quiet for almost six years until now. Um, El Drugstore uh, have just now returned with their third full length album, The Golden Age of Bad Ideas, which was released end of last year via Nefarious Industries. It's it's a it's a long break, but um, I'm glad we are like reviewing this one. This is one of the instrumental bands that grabbed me right this time. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, this is one of the bands that our Patreon supporters voted on as well. Um, and uh, the trio play a dissonant and technical form of progressive metal that uh, has that kind of like angular approach that's very akin to bands like Gorguts, um, Dysrhythmia, Behold the Octopus, any Colin Marston project, basically. <laughs> uh, that That's actually, um, I would say that is a defining thing that kept me hooked on to these guys listening to the full album i think that that guy's influence is fucking really profound it's the shit dude it's amazing i've seen so many bands come along in the last few years that are really um you know harking to that sound and i like the, that gorguts did like literally two to three albums and still they're just fucking oh yeah so uh, fucking influential i mean know? when people say oh it's angular what they really mean is it sounds, it like, sounds Gorguts. like Gorguts. yeah exactly exactly <laughs> And, uh, That's and we, what I mean, anyway. And actually, we have never said sounds like gore guts because we say angular. That is on this podcast. When I, I say angular death metal, I mean it sounds it like sounds, gore guts. Yep, exactly. I mean because they they sort of they they establish that kind of like weird guitar bendy yep. off kilter vernacular that we all know. You know, there might be like a fast guitar part contrast. Excuse me, a like a fast drum part contrasted by like a dissonant weird slower guitar slower part. slower guitar part. Yep. Yep. They really employ that mechanic like a lot. Noise um, Trail Immersion really took that to another level. They absolutely did. Yeah, yep. and they added like a black metal element to it. Yep. Supposedly, I mean, I wouldn't really describe it as black metal at all. It's just blackened. But that's a whole other discussion. Yep. <laughs> you take a little bit of this, you take a little bit of that, you put it to this. And an you know, incredibly like... pretentious one at that. Yep. Yeah, just like the discussion of like what is blackened as what is not is. I don't even fucking want to get into that because that's. Just black metal elitists annoy me. Black metal kind of annoys me in general. I'm not a black metal fan by any I, means. I never want to get into a, a genre uh, fight ever again. I have too many <laughs> years of like p- picking things apart. I just want to have a discussion. If it's not that, man, I'll just nod and say, okay, really? just let you have whatever you're saying. Truly, yeah. like genres are something that journalists apply like retroactively to like a movement. Like usually the movement is like never self-describing by the tag by which they are normally attributed. Converge, for example, yeah. completely denies the math core tag. They don't want anyone to call them math core. They don't describe themselves as math. They consider themselves to be a punk band probably or a hardcore band. I will take this. Um, anybody out there... Um, <laughs> I, I used to order from a place called the Rev HQ. Um, most of my, uh, it, it just seemed to be like the most like accessible online because I lived in the Midwest to find uh, underground music. And any band you would type on there, um, Rev HQ is really good about not only doing a little bit of a like a review, but they would always do sounds like this, sounds like this. And I feel like this is more. That's just, what I try to do for Mathcore Index. We, we always have done that, and we try. Um, I, I don't mean, want it to be like clickbait, but it's like I want to get your attention very quickly. And if it comes down to like giving sort of a reductive comparison, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, it's not like we're trying to be lazy. It's not like we only listen to Converge and Botch. But it's like, yo, if it sounds like this for fans of this, it's like, yo, like this. I mean, like Christian, and I have talked about like doing a um, a shirt before 
for fans of Converge, basically, <laughs> because that would be the back of the shirt. It's just like we always say FFO Converge, you know, um, like every but, fucking episode. But to start. Once, once again, I just uh, the on, on going to that uh, shout out to these guys because they really did grab my attention because I just hated on the last instrumental band. My apologies. But uh, this one definitely just it. I, I listened to it quite a few times. So it's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, and fun fact, this release was actually, uh, actually recorded at Backroom Studios, which is run by Kevin Antarisian of the Dillinger Escape Plan. And if you would like to record there, let us know. We can get you uh, a discount on your recording fees when you book time through MathCore Index. So shoot us an email if you're in the Jersey area or nearby and you, uh, you want to get hooked up. Um, as far as tracks that I enjoyed, I really liked track one the most, Lifeboat Ethics. Boom. Probably because it's the EP's like m- like most aggressive, uh, has the most like metallic moments, and uh, same with Samaritrophia track seven, as it's like faster, has a lot of interesting shifts and changes. Um, but track three, Moral Curve, is the track that we premiered for them, so I think we should go ahead and give our listeners that. The three, third one. Yeah. Cool. Game on. Great. Um, so we're gonna go ahead and play Moral Curve, which is track three from L Drugstore's new album, newish. The Golden Age of Bad Ideas, which came out November 15th through Nefarious Industries. Here we go.
Okay, so that was Moral Curve, which is track three from L Drugstore's newest full-length album, The Golden Age of Bad Ideas, which came out back in November via, via Nefarious Industry Records. So next, we're going to give you your release radar for the month of January. So obviously, January is kind of a light month um, for releases as it's beginning of the year. Most people have probably spent money on the holidays, so presumably it's not a good time to be dropping music videos and vinyl releases, etc. But um, Sleeping Dogs by Net Dead Hour Noise, which we premiered via our website, Mathcore Band from Michigan, uh, which we're going to be talking about later this episode, actually. Uh, Writhe by Remain and Sustain, Chaotic Hardcore from Denver, also, which we'll likely cover next episode. Fucking great debut from them. I love that outdoor footage of them at that. But the guy's like in a trash can. Yep. It is some great footage. Um, Synthasia by Odious Mortem, Bay Area Tech Death Outfit's first album in forever. <clears throat> excuse me, via Willowtip Records. <clears throat> uh, Ceremony by Designs, which we covered earlier in this episode, featuring members of Thumbscrew. Uh, ben Wyman and Dimitri Minikakis of the Dillinger Escape Plan dropped a new single together on Party Smasher Inc.'s Patreon. So you can go hear that there. Can't forget, or I can't remember what the uh, the minimum amount is to hear it, but it's there. Uh, this year by Floral from their upcoming debut EP. Watch L- out for this a- one, guys. LP, rather. Yeah. Their first full-length album. This is, I guarantee you, this will be one of the best math rock albums of all time. It's going to be, I don't want to talk it up that much. <laughs> I've already, you I've just done, did. You I just did it. it, yeah. But fuck, it is so good. Like, when I got it in my inbox, I listened to it probably three or four times, and uh, we'll be listening to that next episode as well. Um... What else came out? Uh, Beneath the Massacre dropped a couple new singles from their new album, Rise of the Fearmonger, which is out next month via Century Media. Death Jacket by Limbs, the new single from the Filipino Mathcore band, which we covered a few episodes back. Pulled Disdain by Orphan Donor, featuring the homie Jared of Secret Cutter and October Skyline. Picayune, uh, the new single by Seder, the Atlanta post-hardcore outfit from their new upcoming album. The Inherent Vice of Endearment by Pillar of Wasps. This is just a demo, but mark my words when I say this band is going to fucking blow up, and we'll definitely be covering them next episode. Yep, agreed. Like, one of the most exciting things in Mathcore right now. Um, and they've, they don't even have the demo out. That's, that's it. Just that one demo. <laughs> no album out, rather. Okay. So that was your release radar for the month of January. So next... We're going to talk about Destination Dimension. Destination Dimension are a progressive metal post-hardcore band from Connecticut. Although the project's earliest manifestations date back to 2012, Destination Dimension truly started in 2017 with the addition of the members who now make up the current lineup, releasing a single that year, and now they've returned with their debut EP, Mantidea, which they released back in October. And uh, Destination Dimension play a very melodic form of progressive heavy metalcore with tons of melody and groove that just manages to like remain like uplifting as well. Dude, beautiful, chunky, melodic, gives me goosebumps, fucking give me more. It's great, yeah. I really enjoyed this EP a lot. There was just such a, a ton of great melody um, that was really recalling snooze for me if i'm being honest like yep absolutely just that chunky beautiful fucking yeah yeah. how many bands are doing that like melodic heavy sound nowadays it's 
I touch. I it's touch, kind of untapped. I, I touch on like uh, uh, four years strong, but that's just because I'm just talking about like just heavy slash pretty just singy kind of shit, you know. But that uh, this, might be the root of the of the sound in particular. But this is also, of course, like progressive metalcore and gent too. Fucking you know? just giving you that head bob, fucking the feels. Um, Outlander, the, the first track starts off properly, well done. Um, you guys are starting well, starting really strong, and then the last track, uh, Exposure, ends pretty fucking heavy for how it just tears off. Um, it really makes me want more and more and more of this. Yeah, I enjoyed most every track, but um, I think the first tr- three tracks were like especially catching and engaging. Excuse me, catchy and engaging. Yeah, but then you go to track four with Schmilmore, just as fucking good, man. That's my favorite track right See, there. That one didn't jump out at me for some reason, um, but I did like Robot Tears a lot. It has that super heavy staccato breakdown about halfway through, which is just like kind of a smiley, like mosh moment. Um, I also really loved the final track as it has that like great dissonant chord employed throughout the beginning. Um, and also just features like the EP's like most like inherently like melodic metalcore and moshy moments like i swear to god at one point incubus was also running through my head mm-hmm. i think that might have been track two as yep. we were talking about earlier yep. but um just really recalling that late 90s and early 2000s note in that one particular moment so yep. we're gonna go ahead and give you track five which is explosion and that's off uh, destination destination dimensions new ep mantadea here we go
right, so that was Exposure, which is track five from Destination Dimension's new EP, Mantadea. And that came out back in October. So next, we're going to talk about Trita. Trita, that's T-R-I-T-A, are a post-rock, post-hardcore trio from Minneapolis. Lots of post in this. Uh, according to Facebook, Trita started back as early as 2014, but didn't release their first EP until 2018. And uh, now they're back with their new follow-up EP, Tunguskin. Excuse me, Tunguskin. Sort of a mouthful. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, try to play what I would describe as post-rock, post-metal, or post-hardcore, or all of the above, really. All the above, yep. Yeah, I mean, there's just lots of very slow and atmospheric, shoegaze-type passages, very, like, deliberate deliberate rather than plotting methodical um so this is kind of like out of our usual wheelhouse it but really is man it's very like uh later contortionist slash like cult of luna thing going on you really gotta take the time in there man yeah you really exactly you gotta put in the time for yep. this i mean if you're if you like songs that like <laughs> clear six you know six seven minutes then this might do it for you yo once again i i feel so old on this episode Yo, what the fuck is pre-death? What is the subgenre of pre-death? I have no idea. I've never heard that before. I hate that you guys put that on there. If you made it up, (laughs) I hate you even more. (laughs) I think they may very well have created that. Pre-death, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? What's going on? If I could just speak. Christian! (laughs) (laughs) They probably mean like proto-death metal. I mean, pre-proto, same kind of I might hate what you said even more. (laughs) <laughs> all right get back I think, to us, I think guys. what they Trita. mean is that they're trying to play a very early form of death metal but i hear none of those elements whatsoever that doesn't make any sense to me i am 33 years old and today i heard no wave and pre-death i hate everything right now <laughs> i i am 35 and yeah this is my uh, we sound like a couple fucking pre-boomers <laughs> well no, 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 I'm, I'm, i mean fuck 33 isn't even old but i'm just saying like once again i'm very well, 35 conf- isn't to- old today i'm very confused now they know how old we are damn it your last name is Segerstrom. <laughs> now they know more. <laughs> you, everyone knows what my fucking last name yeah. is. I don't have to fucking. <laughs> I don't have uh, to tell anybody. But yo, uh, honestly, I, I just um, that that's what I gotta say about Trita. I just uh, um, I'm I, I it, w- it was great. Uh, thank you for the lyrics. Um, but the pre-death thing confuses me. And get back to us because I need a definition. Yeah, I mean, it just there's just a lot of shoegazing. I think is our bottom line here. The the first song is entirely spent shoegazing, actually. Um, this EP really doesn't actually even pick up for me personally until the EP's title track, track two, um, Tunguskin, which showcases the band are capable of doing a variety of styles, which is interesting. I mean, they, um, it's really just like paste, you know, like there's definitely, they don't rush into these aggressive elements. It, they really like make you wait for it. Um, nothing is ever done at a breakneck pace. Instead, this is just deliberate with all but one song clearing four minutes and three of them clearing six minutes so if you're expecting a quick payoff from any one track you probably won't find it but track three is the closest you'll get to that um the last floating stage it's also sort of a a good example of this it starts off more aggressive and then lurches to a slower tempo towards excuse me slower tempo towards the end of the track and almost like a sludge or stoner metal kind of way you know that's so pre-death so pre-death dude tell you (laughs) if i uh nickel every time i heard something pre-death that's it right there yeah again our first encounter with this this genre tag it might might be purely ironic we don't know we're not smart enough apparently which i once again i really don't care right now i'm 
pretty upset no matter what well, <laughs> apparently neither one of us bothered to even like look it up i bet it's a fucking tag oh, no, it's listen, very i don't want to I, I was about to i was about to google it but i didn't want to do anything like that look it up because pre-death i've never heard before no i don't want to be part of it i don't want to be part of this what do you mean pre pre-death metal what are you talking about <laughs> so is it rock and roll like what are you talking about pre-death all right you've hit you've hit epic rant levi take a deep breath now <sighs> <laughs> All right. Do you have any more? Death, no, no. <laughs> do you have any more criticisms you'd like to pile on at this time? Or will that will that be all? Get off my grass. All right. So we're gonna go ahead and give you Tunguskin, which is track two from their new album, which came out. Uh, it's the title track of the EP, rather, which came out back on October fifth. Here we go.
All right, so that was Tunguskin, which is track two from Trida's new album by the same name, which came out back in October. Quite a few October releases on this mm-hmm. February podcast. All right, so next we're going to talk about UFO UFO, which is spelt the exact same way in one word with the period stylized. And uh, UFO UFO is a one-person math core project from Santa no Monica. No shit. This is one person. Wow. <laughs> yeah, quite prolific for being a one-person project, right? You got me, UFO, UFO. So UFO, UFO started back in, what was it, 2016, releasing their debut EP, followed by a demo EP that same year. And now they're back with their debut full-length UFO, UFO 1 slash Idenden, which is a collection of tracks done over the course of a couple of years, which half the album was done uh, in 2017, and the other half was done in 2019. And uh, UFO UFO play a sassy blend of mathcore and post-hardcore that is really rather evocative of the MySpace era. Big surprise, I know, us covering a band that sounds like that. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this project actually has like been on my radar for a really long time. I used to see the name everywhere uh, constantly, and a homie... Aaron Klingsman, uh, whose project this is, an, uh, is an avid supporter of Math Core Index. So it kind of felt like this was really long overdue to give UFO UFO some coverage, especially in light of this newer release. Uh, UFO UFO channels number twelve look like number twelve look like see, looks like you uh, put on your uh, rosy red glasses. Uh, it is um it is that that style, I guess. That's a good call. Yeah. Chaotic, grindy, yes. metalcore ish thing going on yes to all of the above you know honestly this this project didn't grab me at all before this release same Um, here but there's like a noticeable improvement in all aspects of the songwriting and recording moreover it's clear the artist is just like overflowing with the ideas as the album has 15 tracks i would agree with you i mean albeit some of them are interludes but like clearly homie's got like a lot of fucking ideas um a lot of vocal variations mm -hmm. um um, the fifteenth track is just like vaporwave, like a reverse vaporwave, rather. Like it is, it is. I I didn't under. It's I like didn't sped underst- up, you know. I didn't understand like the the thirteen a plus thirteen minute track. It was a lot of like noise scapes. Like it's like yeah, um, it's exactly it's it's a sort of noise and ambiance. Okayish horns going on. I'm really not sure what the point of this is. I think I'm, it's sort of ironic, almost, but something. I mean, it like it seems like it plays the entire release very quickly like super fast forward I skipped and it's over, a bunch of noise yeah i skipped over it once and i was like yeah that okay. actually i listened to it twice that entire like 13 minute 14 minute noise track hmm. I, I listened to the whole thing I, I didn't skip it it was just i had some other stuff going on in the background and it was playing in the background so i don't God, know I it kind of it kind of worked it's just one fucking person um i really enjoyed the track uh don't forget to smile um, it really, the lyrical content is awesome. Fucking just what is going on there. Uh, it's, it's well-written. I really do. Um, uh, I really do appreciate that track. And I not only listened to the full album, but I went back to this specific track over and over and over and over. Yeah. That's funny. I can't even remember what track that is. I really liked track one, which is, I know so obvious. Um, yeah. I love you is the name of the track. You better start strong, motherfuckers. If we can't choose yeah. track one, I mean, I don't know why, but yeah. yeah, it definitely immediately illustrates like all the improvements I just mentioned. Just tons of sass, huge breakdowns, lots of start-stop changes. 
kind of the the lows sometimes feel a little cheesy to me but that's just the vocal range of what it is blah, yeah blah. i gotta admit I, the, the the vocal range of the lows were definitely not working for me i feel like that is something that definitely could use some work i'm glad you say that yeah i think that's probably an important criticism to add here i feel like maybe some more improvement can be put there um once again though you it's a one person project right do you you just fucking make if you're if this is one person doing this go ahead yeah fucking have free reign uh, you know while we're at it um I feel like my my other criticism is that I feel like the approach feels a bit scattershot at times. I ah. feel like that's probably in part because this was recorded over the course of a few years. And sometimes I think that just it's better to record shit while it's still fresh um, before it starts to lose relevance to you and to your audience, your prospective fans, before you lose the motivation to fucking go and finish it like you know, they start to like lose relevance and meaning. Like all those demos that I recorded like two or three years ago, I'm just like sitting on the more time that passes, the less motivated I am to get them out, the less, ex- the less excited I am about finishing them and releasing them. This is a pro tip. I feel to just anybody out there. Take it Man, from someone who's not prolific at all. Don't, don't think about it. Just put it out to the ether because at this point you're just producing, you're, you're producing to produce, right? Well, now we're sending mixed messages. Cause I'm saying that maybe there's too much being released and you're saying that you really? should just keep releasing. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were thinking about like, you were thinking too much, you know, no, you're I, sitting on that shit, you know, like, well, like, that, yeah, that, that, okay. Well, that's, I mean, that's my one point is the, yes, that release should have been, you're right. Okay. So I guess I am, we're, we're agreeing here. At the, oh, agree to disagree. <laughs> no, All right. even. Yes, yes. You're yes. saying that he should have released those tracks back in 2017. And that's, and that's what, yeah. that's what I'm also saying. This should have been two separate releases you should have released the earlier tracks back in 2017 when it was still relevant and fresh and then mm-hmm. maybe put put them together as a compilation on a cd or i fucking love this part yeah on a cd or um we're watching vampire hunter d bloodlust <laughs> God, fucking like popping out of the sand and shit yeah the, the giant sand manta rays um yep. anyway back to ufo ufo um so basically my, my point is is that there was you know homie is overflowing with ideas clearly but Sometimes I feel like it's a bit hit or miss. Like those those two or three two or three years ago, you should have released that stuff. Um, and yeah, I just feel like the result is that the album kind of feels more like a collection of vignettes um, than it does like one cohesive album. That's it, though. I really I really do like this release. I found it really enjoyable. I bought it on Bandcamp. You can too. It's only two bucks for fifteen fucking tracks. So I think you can spring for that amount of content for that amount of money. You. Um, and yeah, just like. Really fucking channeling heavy, heavy Lolo, uh, the Fall of Troy, CU Space Cowboy. For some newer comparisons, Euclid C. Finder and Pac-Man the movie. I think the the influence of heavy, heavy Lolo is just so fucking profound. Like, there's so many bands that are, you know, 10, 15 years later, just like totally imitating that sound. Would you agree? Dude, absolutely. I'm just over here nodding. Love it. So on that note... um, we're going to go ahead and give you... What do you think? Should we give them I Love You? Track one? Let's do I Love You. It, okay. it does start... I mean, it's a great track to start off with. The Let's other track that. that I really liked was The Heaviest Object in the Universe, track 13. But uh, I feel like the payoff with I Love You is just like more immediate. Let's do one. And if you guys like it, just like the other ones, fucking get get to the rest of the album. Yeah, if you like that one... What was the track that you liked? One. I love. Honestly, I Love You is probably my favorite. You named a different track earlier as your favorite track. Um... Oh, um, the the yeah, don't forget to smile. But the thing is, yeah, but the thing is, when you when you you bring up the first track, it's it's a very solid first track, and really, 
we should almost tease everybody with the first track versus like giving them the middle one. Like, go, I know. Go Sometimes I like to give them the very best though, but yep. I think in this case, this is be- best. This might be a debate forward, where so. Christian and I, even if we talk about this, we might switch it up after we say this right now. <laughs> so let's just go with track one and then, yeah. yeah I try to edit out those situations, but <clears throat> you never know. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and give you I Love You, which is track one from I UFO. Love you too, dude. I love you too, baby. <laughs> uh, from UFO UFO's new uh, album, UFO UFO 1 slash Idenden, which came out back in November. Here we go. Right, so that was I Love You by UFO UFO. And that's off their new full length album, UFO UFO One slash Idenden. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know what to make of that. What's happening? What's going on here? <laughs> Curious. So next we're gonna talk about Wreath of Tongues. Wreath of Tongues are a hardcore grindcore band from Babylon, New York. They started back in 2016, releasing their first EP in 2017, a second in 2018, and now they're back with 
what they describe as their debut LP, Penance, which I would describe as more of an EP due to the length and presentation. Totally but, agree. Although I'm not sure if there's an overlock, you know, overarching narrative or something that sort of connects all the tracks, of which I'm not aware, but um, it seems to me it's more of an, an EP, really. But Boy, would I agree this should be the debut. Him. This is fucking strong as fuck. Oh, my God. You compare <laughs> what Wreath of Tongues was in two, the, the 2017 release. They were good, but... I mean, they're good, but I mean... Um, this release is I, fucking stupid good, though. There is a new vocalist, and what he added is fucking solid as fuck. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, it's like vicious as fuck, hardcore and, and grindcore, with yep. plenty of blast beats and HM2 worship. Angry, energetic, dirty, it's fucking awesome. Um, Every track just fucking smacks. Love the little guitar squeals, love distortion, it's fucking great. Um, little bit we of both gro- clearly love this a lot. <laughs> a, little bit of, a little bit of grooviness in there, a little mm-hmm. bit of groove, you know? It's um, pretty goddamn technical as well. Like, their music has a lot of changes and shifts. There's plenty of twists and turns that keep it interesting and not just straightforward grind blasting from front to back it, it it has this frantic i would say this album is 50 percent frantic noise slash 50 percent groove there is just mm. this blending all through the whole album it's not like oh that one groovy part but just like the whole album i i feel flows very well um yeah, i totally agree once again a uh, new vocalist is amazing if we are comparing to the last vocalist but all in all just a solid fucking hardcore like just uh, uh, vocal approach here that it's I really just, do like. And it's explosive too. In fact, <clears throat> based upon everything you were just saying, I would say that I would wager that all the members are into, or at least some of the members are into like tech metal and mathcore stuff. And it God, seems so. that it seems that their fans certainly are as well because the number one similar, excuse me, similar artist on Spotify is Fawn Limbs, followed by Blame God. Sleep Sculptor, Die Choking, and Gift from God. Yo, there was such a... So clearly this band has like really broad appeal, right? I'm so glad Christian brought this up. So on Spotify, when you look them up, they have the most diverse pedigree of sounds like or you might like. Fans and also like. Fans also like, yeah. you know, like I, I feel like this, this band specifically, I'm like, oh, okay. But I'm like, oh, really? Clearly oh, everyone shit. loves oh, this really? band. Like- I mean, everybody <laughs> likes this band. Yeah, you see it. You know, it's not like... They're uh, in with the mathcore crowd big time. Like, it's very abundantly clear by the We're on to you, Wreath of Tongue and Wreath of Tongue <laughs> fans. We're we're on to you. Um, but, but, also, but ultimately, what this is, is just a super grindy, driven, hardcore record that um, I just... I want to hop on my Harley and just fucking... You know, you know? I would more readily compare this band to pig destroyer nails and dead in the dirt just given that there's just tons of of grind and uh guitar noise and feedback and uh, just it's technical too all those bands have a sort of a technical element to them at I least agree. to some degree yep i want to i want to say something else but i think technically I, yeah. proficient yep yep i mean it kind of just really screams piggy d really <clears throat> and nails sort of in the hm2 worship the later the, the piggy tonality. d not early piggy d Right? I mean, uh, no. There's so much. It's like I feel like the band hasn't really changed that much. That much, the, yeah, yeah. I mean, their newest. I guess Headcage was not very good, but I've people don't <laughs> people don't like Bookburner, and I like disagree with everyone who thinks that. I think who doesn't like Bookburner? Grindcore purists apparently don't like fucking Bookburner, dude. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that until I went on the internet, and then I got my feelings hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I cried. <laughs> and then I had a great idea. I thought I'll bring up Deaf Heaven, Sunbather. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That won't bring up any divisive opinions, right, guys? <laughs> Sadly mistaken. Sadly, I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, talk about just like a divisive kind of 
fucking sound. Like this is maybe might be one of those bands where because they have so much crossover appeal, someone's gonna come out of the woodworks and be like, "This isn't fucking grindcore," but it's like it has so many grindcore tendencies. So at some point, you gotta fucking draw the line and be like, "This has elements of." Again, we're getting into such a stupid genre dissection discussion here. But question to you: favorite track? Um. Man, I really liked all the tracks, but I think Adapter Parish was probably just like huh. the, one of the better ones. Okay. That's yep. track one. Yep, track one. Yep. I mean, even if it's not like... There's other tracks that had parts that I was like really like more blown away by, but I feel like that one is just like the most well-rounded presentation of what this band does. <clears throat> uh, God, what was it? Uh, so, so track two, uh, Crimson Reflection was my favorite, um, but I just because Adapt takes a second to start up and I just want it now. Mm forever that's true it kind of does start with like a sample or some feedback doesn't it yes it does nonetheless i feel like that's the one we should give them so we're gonna go ahead and listen to adapter parish which is track one from wreath of tongues new ep penance and that came out on december 13th here we go All right, so that was Adapter Parish, which is track one from Wreath of Tongue's new EP, Penance, and that came out on December 13th. Jesus fucking Christ, that car is loud. That's like a, Jesus. What the was is a, that? It was a fucking big rig, that's why. Why the fuck are they driving in front of my house right now? What the hell is going on? Convoy. Coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to fear monger there real quick. Um... So next, we're going to talk about Dead Hour Noise. Mm-hmm. Dead Hour Noise are a mathcore band from Michigan. 
And uh, this is... They've been around fucking uh, for a long time. They released... I think they were founded in like 2013. Sorry, I don't really have notes on this band at all. This is a revisit. Yeah, this is a revisit. We talked about them a few episodes back. Uh, they were founded in 2013. Um, released a couple EPs in 2017. And now they're back with their debut LP, Sleeping Dogs, which is just like unexpectedly massive in its scope from a band who haven't been exactly prolific in their odd seven years of existence. It's like they were just waiting to deliver like a very long overdue full length. And yep. they really did deliver like this band came through with 11 tracks of mathcore, hardcore and grind. Um, and it's sleeping dogs. It's, it's their most ambitious effort to date uh, runtime of nearly 45 minutes and several of the tracks clearing five minutes. So again, I'm like fucking impressed that even though they made us wait a really long time for something substantial, like they really came through with a lot of material. Yeah. We're, we're talking about only two EPs previously. It has a lot of elements of just like older metalcore, slap, uh, kind of bleeding into the uh, mathcore. Um, great skatey vocals. I really did enjoy the skatey vocals of the vocalist. Uh, favorite track for sure would be "Sleeping Days," um, just with this very grind. Sleeping dogs. Kind of sleep. Uh, sleep. Yeah, sleeping dogs. Uh, thank you. Uh, just very, just got that grind slash punk element going on there. Uh, yeah. It's just like Midwest as fuck, too. It's Midwest as fuck as well. Indeed, like, sir. This is probably a somewhat, I'm kind of like quoting myself from my, my write-up on them, but my I guess my naive perception as someone who grew up in California is that the Midwest is just a place where there's a ton of fucking underground bands always flourishing. It seems like there's always been a flourishing underground scene in the Midwest. Like that, You always seem to enjoy an incredible abundance of incredible bands notable scenes in like Chicago and Detroit and Minneapolis and St. Louis and fucking on and on and on. And, you know, California just only has like three hubs that are like that really to delve into any of these scenes. I think we would find even more than we don't even understand and know about, you know? Um, but, uh, anyways, uh, uh, Michigan in particular, like fucking see you next Tuesday, send a receiver, the armed cloud rat. Like when you're dealing with a non coastal city, you're dealing with more boredom than any other place ever because you just, you're bored and there's no visual stimulation and on top of that you know so you make sick music <laughs> you make sick music you know um it's pretty fucking tight man um i honestly dead hour noise uh when christian told me we with this is a revisit i was kind of confused i guess i they didn't stand out to me last it was just time. one single is why I'm... there we go okay so uh kind of following on our rule we're trying not to do singles as much um but yeah dead hour noise just keep it up man just fucking uh keep pounding shit out uh this was great uh the opener is great. I, I like the opener a lot. Scatter immediately just shows that improvement over past production and songwriting. Production again. Just the yeah. production alone is just like bumping all like three or four of these bands this episode. Mm-hmm. They've all managed to step up their production quite a bit with their their more like their bigger presentations, their more substantial releases, that is. Um, I liked the Texas Effect track two, uh, the leading single. It's kind of like one of the more like well-rounded tracks off the uh, the album leading with that familiar mathcore type vernacular that we all know and love. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it gets a bit more deliberate. Um, they show that they have some restraint too. There's a bit of groove on this album. Um, Nerves is another more deliberate and even screamo tinge passage, like really strongly channeling number 12 looks like you agreed. There's a number of times in this release where I'm thinking number 12 for sure. Second time this episode, we've called out number 12. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what else? Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> what else? What else? What <laughs> I'm just else? reading, looking at my, my very scant notes here. 
Um, I actually didn't even take any notes. I just like kind of copy and pasted my write-up just for reference. Um, track seven, Remorse is good too. Very Converge. That, uh, man, just that Southern Fried breakdown, I guess is probably what it is. The vocalist really like rasping bark kind of reminds me of Bannon. Um, what else? What else? What else? Some long tracks on this fucking thing too. Audience Joins, Murder, uh, Iris. The album's penultimate and final track, respectively, both cleared six minutes. Um, the, full, the, the former is like almost full-blown sludge, um, which is kind of a classy move. You know, I really like it when bands, grindier bands do that. They kind of like throw that one like sludgy track as the outro. Let's slow it down a little bit. You know who else did that? Robinson, Destroyer Destroyer. A ton of fucking bands that we used to listen to like back in the day all ended their albums with like one long like five or six minute like kind of sludgy banger. Yeah. Um... Yeah, that's pretty much all I, I have on this band. I didn't really take very good notes. I, I wish I would have had more time to like go back and listen to this again for a refresher, but just gave it like one like cursory listen just for the refresh. Yep. Fucking good album, though. Um, and again, if you're into shit like Converge, Number 12 Looks Like You, um, and Dillinger, they, they really kind of like bring a taste of all of those things, and it's so perfectly Midwest, so... Give this one a shot, and if you want to read my full write-up, you can read that at mathcorindex.com. Um, so what track do you think of, Levi? Fuck, man, let's, I mean... I think, I think the Texas Effect is probably the one we should give Let's up. do Texas Effect. I mean, I, I did Sleeping uh, uh, Dogs, but let's do Texas Effect. I, I agree with you. Because yeah, it just starts off really yep. exciting. So we're going to go ahead and give you uh, the Texas Effect, which is track two from Dead Hour Noises' debut full-length album, Sleeping Dogs. And I'll tell you when that came out when we come back. <laughs> Here we go.
All right, so that was The Texas Effect, which is track two from Dead Hour Noises' debut full-length album Sleeping Dogs, and that came out on January 10th. Uh, so I guess that about wraps it up. Uh, thank you so much for listening, if you made it to the end of this fucking podcast. Uh, really, I just want to, once again, shout out our Patreon supporters. It's fucking really great to have you guys uh, supporting us, especially those of you who've been around since, like, July when we first started it. Really appreciate it. Yeah, you know, we've seen, just to be honest, perfectly transparent. We definitely saw, like, a bit of a fluctuation uh, downwards after the holiday. Um, but a few more people have jumped on then, then, since then, so... Just want to plug it one more time. We do have a Patreon account. Uh, if you guys enjoy what we do, um, if you listen to the podcast all the time, if you follow our YouTube account and you like the videos that you're seeing, if you like how we're constantly posting on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, <laughs> um, you know, definitely hit us up on Patreon. You can get some great benefits. Again, early access to all the video footage that we're putting out. In most cases, two weeks to a month in advance. Um, and of course, uh, we are doing Patreon exclusive podcasts right now. So if you want to hear even more uh, <laughs> in-depth and personal um, content from us, you can you can find that shit there, too. Mm-hmm. And that's at patreon.com slash mathcoreindex. And once again, if you have any questions or comments, uh, hit us up at mathcoreindex at gmail.com. We're working on a, a video, uh, excuse me, a like a voice, a voice message system, maybe WhatsApp or Voxer. I haven't figured out what I'm going to do specifically yet, but... In the future, we'll offer you a way that you can like leave us a voice message and we'll play it on the podcast. Yeah. So with that, uh, I'm your host, Christian. And my co-host, Levi. And we'll be back again next month with some more sick underground bands. Good night and stay beautiful. Stay beautiful.